morning. Anybody excited to be here? Amen. Amen. I tell you, um, man, that song, I don't know if you ever heard it before, um, but uh, I don't ever forget how God spoke to me through that song when I first heard it um, in my living room when we were getting ready to plant this church. And it's always been a special song to me, and Gresham is completely right. That is the, that's my prayer for our church, is not that we wouldn't go to church, but we would be a people who are filled so much with the Spirit of God that He is around us every single day. Amen? Because there's nothing like being saturated with His presence. There's nothing like walking with God. We're going to talk about that today. I just love how stuff comes together, but there's nothing like walking with God and, and being able to experience God and Man, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, so I'm just going to forewarn you. If you won't get excited, I will today. Amen? <laughs> so, uh, and I am going, I'm Red Bull free this morning. So this is strictly 100% Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? Um, so uh, one thing before we get started, we're going to be in first, well, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, if you've got, got a Bible, please turn with me. That's where we're going to be this morning. Um, but as you turn, um, in every seat uh, that's in here, we're, there's a bookmark we want to give you guys. If you came last week, oh, take this one too because you know you need two, places, two, two different bookmarks to mark different spots in your Bible. So y'all take that with you. Um, and uh, I'll tell you one other thing that God just kind of laid on my heart uh, as we were sit, sitting here worshiping. Is it so easy to take for granted the blessing that we didn't get affected by this storm? Um, if it would have turned one little way, we, we could have got drastically affected. And, and so it's easy to go, whew, man, we missed that, and not have compassion for people who are in the middle of it right now. And so I just want, before we uh, go into God's word, let's go, let's pray as a body um, for North Carolina, okay? So let's pray. Uh, Father God, we come to you, Lord, uh, as the body of Christ. Lord, having compassion upon our brothers and sisters in another state. Lord, we pray for the state of North Carolina and South Carolina, Lord. And God, we pray for, uh, Lord, uh, the destruction that has happened. I, I pray, God, that you would just be with the residents who have lost uh, tremendously. God, we pray that you would uh, give them a heart to not be angry, but a heart to look to you for, for through this, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, you would allow this disaster, Lord, to give you glory that people would turn from wickedness and praise you, that people would look at loss and, God, they would look to the only one that can give them fulfillment. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would just move in the lives, Lord, of the linemen that are going to help restore power to all these residents. We pray for protection over their lives. And, God, we pray uh, that you would uh, change the perspective that a lot of these linemen have if they go. I pray, God, that you would... Minister to the hearts of these linemen. That not only are they people that are going to restore power, but God, I pray that for those that are that are believers in you, I pray, God, that you would help them be vessels of change. That you would help them, God, uh, be people who bring the gospel to hopeless people. Lord, we pray for the cleanup crews that are there. We pray for protection upon them. And God, we pray that you would just, uh, again, Lord, use them to promote your gospel and your way, Lord. And, and Father, again, we just lift up um, the churches in North Carolina and, uh, and in South Carolina. Lord, we pray for them. We pray that, uh, God, you would allow them to be uh, compassionate and that they would be able to serve their communities well through this. And, uh, God, that we would we just pray for salvation of souls. And we just pray for men and women who don't know you uh, to come to know you through this. And, God, thank you for being a loving God and a good God. 
that gives us second chances. And uh, God, you loved us even when we were unlovable. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. So, um, chapter 5 in 2 Corinthians. We're going to read through the text this morning, and then uh, I'm going to try to break it down as, as simply as I can. Okay? brought this water up here and it complicated my my setup so um so second corinthians chapter 5 verse 11 okay where we're gonna start it says since then we know what it is to fear the lord we try to persuade others what we are is plain to god and i hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. And this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And all God's people said, amen. Man, that, that is awesome awesome text right there and, and I tell you some of you may not understand but I hope you will when this is over God has been just constantly laying um, some aspects of this text on my heart so we're just going to um, we're just going to go line by line and as, as the spirit leads we're going to hit hit that section that good everybody alright like you were going to complain huh so so in the beginning of this Paul's writing this letter to the church in Corinthians. And, and so the first letter it was a rebuke, right? He was rebuking the church of sin, of different things. And so the second letter is a kind of an uplifting letter. He's proud for the changes they've made and what's going on. And so now he's, he's trying to encourage the, the church in Corinth. And so he starts out in verse 11 talking about that since we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others says what we are is plain to God. 
and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. And man, when I read that, it just it just hit me of, of he's talking about it being plain, it being simple, right? There's a simplicity in the gospel. That the gospel is simple. What Jesus did is simple. Our response to the gospel is simple. It should be simple, but we complex. We make it so complex. We complicate it so much. We, we take it out of God's hands and we put it in our hands. And I don't know about you, but when I try to do things, I make a mess of things. When I try to control situations, I, I make a mess of things. But when I give it to God, things seem to always work out. The, the gospel is simple. It, it, it's not complicated. Jesus came. The gospel is the good news, right? Jesus Christ came to be the sacrifice for our sins so that in him we are we were redeemed to God and we have we can be in right relationship with God if we choose to follow Christ not if we acknowledge who he is but we choose to follow him the gospel is simple but we turn it in and if we're not careful religion turns it into a bunch of do's and don'ts and a bunch of have to's instead of following Christ it's so easy to follow the voice of God than to follow the rules of man. Amen? I'd much rather follow what God said do and, and how God said live than, than listen to what, I, what this man told me to do because a man can change his opinion like this. Someone can change their view like this, but if I am holding fast to what God says, it's so much easier and so much simpler. I remember when me and when we first planted the church and we were talking about the simplicity of the gospel and Brandon said, man, when I got saved, he said it was just as simple as listening to God and doing what he says. And, and that is, that's, that's the gospel of what Jesus has done for us. And in order to please God, you just listen to him and do what he says. And so the, the, the gospel is plain and it's simple. Verses 14 through 15, it says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Man, I'm telling you, for people that think that they can live wrong and die right, don't read the Bible. Amen? You can't, it's like, it's like every other page as I turn, turn through uh, God's Word, especially the New Testament, it, it, it's, it's constantly showing me that when I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, there is a demand to give my life to Him, and I, it changes everything. I cannot pursue things that don't please God and pursue God at the same time. Those things don't work out. See, he said, Paul says, they were compelled by God. They were compelled by their love for God because they were convinced. Because they were convinced of Christ. That they were compelled to, to change their life. They were compelled to walk away from things. They were compelled to love people that were unlovable. They were compelled from their love for Christ. And their love from Christ came because they were convinced of what Jesus did. And I find myself asking the church some days is do you believe what you say you believe? Because if we believe what we say we believe, if we're convinced in what Christ has done for us, then the love for Jesus should just boil out of us, right? It should just pour out of us. 
So for me not to be living and pursuing Christ as if God's word says, then it just shows that maybe, maybe, just maybe some of us aren't really convinced that Jesus did what he said he did. Maybe some of us can't really accept that forgiveness. Maybe we think that we're too far gone for God to really love us that much to wipe all my sins away if I just follow him. But these these men were on fire. These men were on fire for God. And God was doing amazing things through the lives of, of the men and women in this book because they were convinced that what Jesus did on the cross brought them into a right relationship with God. And they were convinced through the testimony of the Holy Spirit in their life of what Christ done solidified them with the Father. And them men and women were jacked up every day. Why aren't we jacked up every day? Why aren't we fired up every day? What keeps us from being excited for God? What keeps us from being excited to tell people about Jesus? What keeps us from being excited to be just in other people's lives and share the good news of Jesus? What keeps us from being jacked up all the time? It's either we're not compelled by the love of God or either we're not really convinced he's done what he says he's done. You're not going to put your faith in something that you're not convinced in, right? I, I remember uh, when Sabrina had Payson, and, and after she got, I mean, most beautiful pregnant woman I'd ever seen. And, and the whole time that she was pregnant, I kept telling her how beautiful she was. And she was like, shut up, I'm fat. And I was like, no, you're beautiful. Payson, he was fresh, like an hour fresh. Like he was brand new. First thing she said, I can't wait to get to the hospital. I got to get on a diet. And I'm like, woman, just calm down. Obsessed with her figure, just wanting to get back to where she was. When she come out of the hospital, she, she, count, she was searching, 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 searching for the, all these diet plans and stuff. And <laughs> she didn't know which one to pick. She didn't know what was going to be good, what was going to work. She, she, she was looking for this plan, looking at that plan, and looking at this plan. And finally, she found a, a friend of ours that, that had lost a lot of weight on this plan. And so because of the results our friend had, it gave my wife the confidence to spend a couple hundred dollars. And it didn't give me the confidence, but it gave her the confidence to, to purchase the, the, the stuff so that she could start losing weight. You know, it's, the thing is... It wasn't much her confidence, it was the confidence that she saw in someone else. Are you with me? Because they had, lost, they, had, they had took the plunge, they had started losing weight. It, the result was evident to everyone around that this works. And because that works, it compelled my wife to go to trust it. See, our lives are just like that. When we live out the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel, following Jesus, doing what he says, it starts painting a picture to the world around us. It starts showing people that the gospel works. It starts showing people that this is legit, this is real. Amen? As we live it out, it starts solidifying in people's hearts. They see the change in our lives, and as they see the change in our lives, they begin to have more and more confidence in Christ because they see the results. So we have to make sure that I'm living my life above reproach so that 
other people can see Jesus in me and can have more confidence in Christ. Amen? I'm convinced that the world today doesn't have the hope in the church that they should because the church don't have the hope in Jesus that they should. And if we would have our hope in the right places, it would change everything. You see, when you're convinced that something's going to change you, you invest everything into it. So my question to you today is how convinced are you that Jesus can change your life? How convinced are you that he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end? How convinced are you that he is who he says he is? How convinced are you, we sung a song, that, that he is for you, not against you? How convinced are you of that? Because our life says that more than our mouth proclaims it. How convinced are you, church? How convinced? Because if you're not totally convinced and you won't walk in what God teaches in this word, if I don't think this is going to change my life, if I don't think that this is going to, this is going to bring me in the right relationship with God, then why would I read it? Why would I, why, 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 why do you even come to church? Like if you don't, if you're not convinced that Jesus is Savior, if you're not convinced that he is all he is, why don't we come to church every single Sunday? I'm not trying to talk you about coming to church, but I'm just saying if I wasn't convinced that he was Lord, I wasn't convinced that what he's done in my life, guess what I'd be right now? Fishing. Both seasons in, I'd be bow hunting. I might even be working. Because I'm here today, and I get up every morning and read my word because I'm convinced that who he says he is is real, and who he says he is is true. Verse 15 continues on. He says, he says, he died for all that those who live should no longer live as themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised. Man, I just, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ came and lived and died for our sins and was resurrected from the grave? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Not, not, not just in your mind, okay? You can believe it right here, but until it gets right here, there's no change, right? It's got to be in my heart. I believe with all my heart. I have all confidence and assurance of what he says he is. See, for those who are living for Jesus, the only way to successfully change the way we see the world is to see the world through the eyes of Christ. Are you with me? See, and Paul talks about that in the next verse. He says, so from now on, we, are, we regard no one from the worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Amen. Man, so Paul's like, I don't see people anymore as black or as white. I don't see people anymore as rich or as poor. I don't see people anymore as, as, as this way or that way. I don't see you that way anymore. I see you as two categories. I see you as lost or saved. 
I see you as right with God or not right with God. I now see everything because of Christ in me. I see everything through the lens of the gospel. And as I see everything through that lens, it, see, it changes the way I see people. I'm not looking at skin color. I'm not looking at money. I'm not looking at none of those things. I'm looking at your heart and your eternity. And that's what I care about more than anything. That means I can be friends with anybody. That means I can tell Jesus to anybody. That means I can, I can love on anybody. That means I can walk hand in hand with anybody because I'm looking at you through the eyes of God and not through the eyes of man. Amen? That's what God's called us to be and that's how he's called us to live. But our eyesight won't be changed if our heart hadn't been changed first. And a lot of reasons why we still look at things like the world looks at things is because we hadn't allowed God to change our heart in those things. And our perspective shows our heart. Our perspective shows our heart. The way we see things shows what we truly believe. And so I'm just, I'm blown away by that, how, how God made us so complex, but yet his message is so simple. He came not only to change my mind, but to restore my heart. And to change the way I see everything from that point on. The moment I met Jesus and really committed my life to him, from that moment on, I should start seeing people not as the world sees them, but as Christ does. Man, that's powerful. And we start thinking of it that way. I believe I began to see how the church today has missed it because we've stopped just we just took one step and we stopped. We've we taken one step. It's like God changed my heart. But we still look at people the same way. It's hard to forgive people when you're still looking at them in the same carnal eyes that you did before you knew Christ. We're going to talk about it in just a second. Because God came not only to save our hearts, to change our hearts, to, but for us to be reconciled to God. That's what this ministry of reconciliation we're fitting to, we're fitting to talk about. Verse 18 says... All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Man, I, I just, this is, this is, this is great. Y'all are looking like y'all are just bored out your mind, but man, I am excited up here. This is awesome. I don't know if you understand the good news of the gospel, but it didn't just save you. It brought you into the goodness and the great relationship with God. Not only do you get not, not to get to go to hell, but you get to have a relationship with God. Woo, that's powerful, church. The God that created me and you. We have an opportunity through Christ to talk to him every day. We have an opportunity through Christ to walk with God every single day because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's amazing to me because I didn't remember what it was like not to have that ability. Not to be able to talk to him. Not to be able to feel his presence. Not to be able to walk into a room and God lay somebody on my heart and me pick the phone up and say, hey, brother, God's told me, I feel like God's saying this. And they would start crying and be like, yeah, I feel that exact way. Connection to people through the Holy Spirit. I've never experienced that until I really gave my life to God. And I remember what it was like to pick up the phone and nobody was home. I 
prayed to God a many, a many a time before I got saved because that's what you're supposed to do in the South. You get in trouble, you need money, you need something, you pray, right? It ain't that you love God, you just need something. He's like the bells bondsman, all right? I'm in jail, pick up the phone, God get me out. Some of y'all were looking around at each other like, yeah, you know what calling the bells bombing is all about. But it's how we act, treat God. But see, the, the, the ministry of reconciliation is so amazing. Because it was through Christ that we become reconciled to God. It all starts back in Genesis. It all starts back in the beginning. When, when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were in the garden. The Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. They had this relationship. And what was, what's amazing about it is God created you and me to have a relationship with him, to walk with him, to talk with him every single day. That's what God created us for. And then when... Adam and Eve got tricked at the garden and they sinned against God. It broke that. They did what God said not to do and it broke that and it cut that tie and it separated man from God forever. There was no longer that close relationship. There was no longer that close tie anymore. The only way that you could, it wasn't really a relationship with God. It was just, hey, I got to kill this animal to pay for my sins so I don't go to hell. But then come along Jesus. Praise God. Anybody happy for Jesus? Then come along Jesus. To, God sent his only son to come. And he, he was born of a virgin. He lived a blameless life before men. He died on a Roman cross. And the death of Jesus. The moment the last drop of blood come out of Jesus' body. And he said, it is finished. The veil that was in the temple to symbolize the separation between God's holiness and the sinful people was torn from the top to the bottom to show the world that only through Jesus that we can be reconciled to God. Praise God. And it was because Jesus did that. And when Jesus died, we, we were now reconciled to God. When he rose from the dead three days later, he took the keys to hell and to death away from, from, this, from the God of this world, and he's got them. Amen? So we don't have to suffer that separation from God. If we trust, believe, and follow in Jesus and allow through him God, for God to reconcile us to himself, man, life is amazing. That, that, that's, that's the ministry of reconciliation, and I love that because in the beginning, the relationship with God was destroyed, and now it's it's, it's fixed. I get to walk with God. If I'm trusting Jesus, if I'm, if I'm walking with Jesus, if I'm convinced of what Jesus did on the cross, if I'm a follower of Christ, I get to walk with my God. Praise Jesus. That's awesome. I get to walk with him every day. I get to pick the phone up and say, good morning, God. Come on. That is what a relationship with God looks like. It's not just coming to church on Sunday morning with... Praise God. No, it's, it's, it's excitement because the God of the universe cares about you. Enough to send his son to die for you so you can have that right relationship. Man, that's amazing to me. What the fall destroyed, what the fall destroyed through Jesus, he fixed it. See, the one main tactic of the enemy is for our perspective to be jacked up. 
And that's what he did in the garden. He, he, he tempted Adam and Eve. And it's like, don't look at it this way. You need to look at it this way. He wants to keep our eyes on the temporary instead of looking at eternity. I'm looking at what Jesus did for me. I'm looking at, now I'm walking with God. And now guess what? My perspective is not on the things of this world. It's on whatever God wants me to do. My perspective has changed because of what God has done in me. See, I just, I love that because through Jesus, through Jesus now, I'm reconciled to God. Okay? The ministry of reconciliation is it's not just this one part. It's, it's being reconciled to God. All right? Also being reconciled. Now, because through Jesus, I can be reconciled to other people. Right? There's people who's hurt me. There's people who's harmed me. There's things that has happened that, that I can't get over. But through Jesus, I can. There's heartache that has happened. There, there, there's things that have hit my life, but, but through Jesus Christ, I can overcome those things, right? Not on my own, not just going to church, but with a relationship with Jesus, I can overcome those things. God, through Jesus Christ, has reconciled me, not to himself, but to other people. Amen, that's awesome. I don't know if you've ever had somebody that you just didn't want to see. You see their picture on Facebook, and you just like grit your teeth. You ever seen anybody like that? Like, just... Because of God, he's given me the grace through Jesus Christ that I can overcome that, I can forgive that, and I can walk in unity with them. You can't do that apart from Christ. I don't care how good you are. You can't do it. Also, through Jesus, I can be reconciled to myself. I can be reconciled to me. And some of you look at me like, oh, what do you mean? Did you lose yourself? Well, I mean, how did you, can you be reconciled back to you? What, 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 is, what does he say in Matthew? Let's, let's go to Matthew right quick. Um, I think it's 22. Let's see. Yes, Matthew 22, um, verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself and the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. How can you be reconciled to someone else? How can you love someone else when you don't even love yourself? So many people battle self-worth. So many people battle themselves. They can't be reconciled to anyone else. They can't be reconciled to their partners. They can't be reconciled to God because they are condemning their own selves, their own selves. But it's through Jesus Christ that I can be reconciled to me. I can say, you know what, God? I know I'm not enough. I know I'm not this. I know I'm not that. But through Jesus, I am. Amen? I'm preaching better than y'all putting on today. But that's the greatest commandment. And see, we live in a broken world, church. We live in a world that our perspective is broken. We're looking at things through carnal eyes. And we think that some people can't change. We look at some people can't be forgiven. We look at some people are going to struggle their whole lives. That's a lie from Satan. They can through Jesus. Amen? See, when Jesus came, this is, this is awesome. When Jesus came, he reconciled us to God, which fixed this broken relationship right here. This vertical relationship with God, it fixed it. But I can be fixed before God and be jacked up before men. But when Jesus came, not only did he fix this, 
but he also fixed my horizontal relationships. He also fixed my relationships with my brother, with my neighbor, with my sisters. Amen? He fixed that. Jesus fixed that through the Holy Spirit, okay? That, that can't happen unless you are plugged into Christ, unless you're plugged into God. You want to know why unforgiveness stays in your life? It's because you choose not to allow the power of the Spirit through you to forgive them people. And you walk in bondage, you walk in denial, you walk in self-deprivation, you, you, you walk in a less relationship because you're being held down. You won't allow the Spirit to work through you to change the situation. It's through Christ. We sing a song above and below me, before and behind me, everywhere that I go, Christ be all around me. Man, that's amazing. But that's what it means to go through, to, to work in Christ, to be through Christ. See, it's, when we're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? So now I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, but I'm cloaked by the blood of Jesus. I, Jesus has covered me, and not only, so now I've got God in me, and i got him around me. I can't lose. Some of y'all, I don't understand. That's exciting right there. As long as I'm going with the perspective of Christ, I'm going with God on my side. I'm going into, I'm going to a relationship. I'm going to talk to a brother or sister, and i got Jesus with me. I'm not going to leave messed up. I'm not going to leave unforgiven. You with me? Because I am walking with the Savior beside me because I have allowed through Jesus to be reconciled. He gave us this ministry, church, so that we can, we can also help other people be reconciled to God. You can't take somebody where you ain't been. Mm, y'all hear me? You, 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 so many, some of y'all can stand there and preach and say, you need to be this way. But they ain't going to listen. But if you say, I've been here and God did this, let me walk with you, carrying them through it, that's when change happens. Amen? God wants to use you. Through the ministry of reconciliation. It's all of you that experienced if you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this, this, this relationship, now you can experience God. Now you can talk to God. Why, would, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you pick the phone up? Why wouldn't you open the Bible? Why wouldn't you pray and say, I want to talk to you, God, because it's been 20 years since I've ever heard your voice. But instead, we just keep doing life. But when you start doing that, you start encouraging other people. You can help people get out of situations that they will never get out of unless you walk with them through it. Because God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know what? They might have wronged you, but it ain't up to them to get it right. If they don't know Jesus, it's up to you to make it right. It's for you as God's people to go to someone and get over it. Y'all looking at me like... Come on. Come on. I had a friend call me the other day, and he said, he said, Jeremy, um, and this is very trivial, but this is, this is he says, you, you gave my phone number to somebody, and you didn't ask me, and I didn't appreciate that one bit. And I'm like, okay. He said, I'm upset about it. And this is a very big guy. I was like, well, I'm sorry, boss. I didn't mean to. I mean, I didn't think nothing about it. He said, but you know what? It ain't a big deal. I forgive you. And we, we brothers in Christ, we're going to keep walking in unity. We ain't going to allow something as trivial as this and my emotions to get in the way. I'm like, I'm with you, and I'm glad. And that's a small thing, but how many times do we allow little offenses 
to become big offenses because we never choose, chose to admit, hey, I was offended by this, but I forgive you, and we're going to move on from this. Y'all with me? God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, now that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. God reconciled the world to himself and didn't count people's sins against him. I love this because what keeps us from, from, from being reconciled to our neighbors is because we are holding on to the offense. We're holding people's sins against them. Y'all with me? Let me get down here if y'all don't get distracted. Gresham, we might be a little while. Just keep playing. Call Grandma, tell her to put the roast on a little 15 minutes, all right? The thing is, is... is we are holding on to people. We are holding on to sins that people have asked God to forgive them of. We're holding on to yesterday. And if God didn't hold on to the sins, then we shouldn't either. Amen? Because we ain't God. We should forgive and we should move on. Because God says he wants us to be vessels in this ministry of reconciliation. One of the biggest things that hinders the church is unforgiveness. God's word says that they will know you by your Love, right? How can we show that we love when we're walking in offense all the time? How can we show that we love when we are holding on to unforgiveness all the time? We can't because God gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can show the world the love of Christ. So if we're holding on to offense, then we're not walking in the ministry God gave the church and gave you. See, I'm telling you, our view has to change because we got to realize Ephesians 5 says this. It's Ephesians 6, I'm sorry. It says that in verse 12, I believe, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of darkness. See, sometimes we're, we're, not, we're not operating out of the physical. It's, it's them allowing the spiritual side to affect them. So we're offended that they upset you. Maybe you need to go, you need to say, God, I realize that, that they did this, this, and this, but God, I'm just I'm praying against that. I forgive them in the name of Jesus. Sometimes people get angry because of yesterday. And it affects today. And maybe we got to give them the grace and say, I love you. I'm gonna walk with you, regardless of how you just treated me. Because we get it all in our feelings. Right? That whole song, key, key, deep. I mean, I wasn't a world retarded song. But anyhow, they, they, they get in their feelings. That's the whole song. I'm in my feelings. They, they, they upset that Kiki don't love them. Well, so many of us are upset that people don't treat us the way we want them to treat us. So that instead of being, getting over it, we, we stay offended. Instead of saying, instead of being the, the, the church God called us to be and be and just be loving and caring. We just hang on to old offenses and we don't just allow God to change us. And I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on this because God's been speaking hard to me about this this past week. Is unforgiveness is a root sin in the church today. And 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 so many people are oppressed by a spirit of unforgiveness that that. Uh, that 
catastrophically changes your whole life. It affects every aspect of your life because you are holding on to the offense of something that happened in your childhood. You're holding on to something that happened in middle school. You're holding on to something that happened yesterday. Instead of through the power of God, through the recon because you're reconciled to God because of that, instead of walking with Jesus and allowing him to renew you and change you, you stay offended. Instead of cashing in on what God's given you, and that's the ability to walk by the Spirit of God and walk and, and forgive other people. I can't forgive you in my own strength, but I can through the power of the Spirit of God. I can't overlook what you said to me yesterday, but I can through the power of God. But if I am not plugged into the Spirit of God, I'm not plugged into Jesus, then I will be mad, I will be upset every single time but if I'm walking with the spirit I can overlook you I can overlook your pettiness I can overlook your disagreement I can overlook that maybe you don't love me like I want you to love me I can overlook that because through Jesus Christ I can do all things God has given the church the incredible responsibility to not be offended God has given the church the incredible responsibility to look over your offenses and cash in the love. We cannot be the church that loves people, that love others as Christ loves us if we walk in offense and we walk in unforgiveness. And I know there's so many people whose relationship with God is hindered. It is so affected because we choose to hold on to stuff that don't matter. I want to tell you a little secret. It's going to give you permission to offend me, to try to. Let me tell you something. There, I realize there is nothing you can say about me that is going to matter in 10,000 years. <laughs> there is nothing that you can do to me that's going to matter when I walk through the shiny gates and see my Savior. You see, church is all about perspective. When you're looking at right now, you're looking at how it hurts you now. You're all in your feelings now. Don't think about now. Think about seeing Jesus. Paul says, I keep my eyes on the prize, and I keep going. I keep pursuing. And even though sometimes it gets hard, I keep going because my eyes is on the prize. I want to please God more than I want to please man. And that's what the mission, this whole ministry of reconciliation, how God redempted the plan to redeem men to himself, but also to redeem each other from the trap of being hung up in unforgiveness. And it's so important. And no, I'm not making light of your struggle. I'm not making light of your problems. Because I know right now it's huge. Right now I know that it feels like I'm in a valley that I'm never getting out of. I know it feels horrible. But through Christ, you got to press into Him. Through Him, pressing into Him every day, God's going to reconcile you. God's going to bring you through this. But you got to have confidence that He is and that He will. You got to hold on. See, what Satan tries to do is when you're in the middle of despair, you're in the middle of trouble, you're in the middle of heartache, first thing he puts in your mind is doubt. 
oh, God's not going to come through. I'm going to be this way my whole life. I'm going to struggle with this my whole life. And then what happens is the next thing, you try to put condemnation on you for trying to feel because you felt doubtful. Can anybody relate to this in here? I know I can. And Satan tries to get you in a place of despair. And all you got to do is realize that Jesus can change the situation like this. You got to press into him. Don't listen to the lies the enemy's telling you. Keep pursuing. Keep persevering. And you know what? It don't matter if that person never gets over it. It don't matter if that person doesn't come to you and say, I'm sorry. It don't matter. Because I'm not doing this to please them. I'm doing this to please God. Because he gave me this ministry. And you know, sometimes forgiving people when they don't deserve it speaks louder than you coming to them and telling them, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. When they know that they have done you wrong and you love them anyway, they're like, how in the world did that happen? When you, when, 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 when you go to a parent that has abused you, has hurt you, has, has caused you pain, and you go to them and say, look, when I, I was a child, all this junk happened, and it hurt me, but you know what? I choose to forgive you. I choose to love you. That may be the only thing that makes the, the parent realize the power there is in the name of Jesus. But God gave us this ministry, this beautiful ministry of reconciliation so that we can show the world that this is not about me. It's about Jesus. Because when I choose to, to, to put me beside, put my feelings beside, put all this back here, and I, I choose to promote Christ, His face shines glorious before men, church. And you know what I love about this? Don't doubt the power of God because it's not your name at stake, it's His. And He put it in His Word. And if it's in His Word, by God, He's going to make it true. Amen? We got to have confidence that he is who he says he is. We got to have confidence that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. But the thing is, you got to have faith and trust in that he will do it. And right now, you might be scared to death to even try. But faith is stepping without knowing, faith is trusting without feeling, faith is being without receiving take that step it's going to be scary but let me tell you something when your foot lands firmly you're going to feel the pressure of the spirit upon you and you're going to know that, that he's with you but you won't know unless you allow him to do it church that's why it's so important because we're ambassadors for Christ verse 20 says that we are ambassadors for the ministry of reconciliation we are ambassadors ambassadors proclaim ambassadors Communicate, ambassadors show all of us are ambassadors for Christ. How can you be an ambassador of Christ and say that, hey, well, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for reconciliation when you won't allow God to reconcile you? And oh, yes, it's easy. It's, it is easy. It's easy to be reconciled to my brother. If he's offended me, it's easy to come and say, brother, forgive me. I know I've offended you, but you forgive me. And he says, that's easy, right? You know the hardest thing, to, the hardest person to be reconciled to? Me. Because I always got me talking to me. I always got me reminding me. I always got me talking. But that's why you have to be obedient to God's word. And I know this is late, but somebody needs this. You got to, that's why God's word says that you got to take every thought captive. 
and under the authority of Jesus Christ. If you know the way you feel is not is contrary to God's word, you got to take that thought captive, brother. You got to say in the name of Jesus, I know this is wrong. And I choose not to feel this way. I'm choosing. I'm choosing to stand on the word of God. And when you make that stand, it's crazy to, for you to understand right in this moment. When you take that stand, you choose to, to rebuke that thought that you know that's not from God, and you choose to, to replace it with God's word, something glorious happens. It's called victory. And you begin to overcome that. And that, and that gives you the courage to do the next one and do the next one. And next thing you know, you have become reconciled to yourself. You begin to love you again. You begin to, to appreciate yourself again. But it don't happen overnight. It's every step. It's a battle. But you can do it through Christ because he gave us the ministry of reconciliation and it's through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that we have the power and the authority to do that. Woo, that's amazing to me. I don't have to stay jacked up. I don't have to stay offended. I don't have to be okay with where I am. I can, through the blood of Christ, he can redeem me. Amen. You won't never understand that. Do you truly understand that God was making his appeal through us to other people? He says, verse, in the verse 20, beginning of verse 21, he says, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Pretty much he's saying, I'm begging you to be reconciled to God. And he says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's through Christ that we can be right before God, church. You will never be right before God unless you are living and activating through Christ. A life motivated to please God. I'm not talking about a religious lifestyle. I'm not talking about someone just come to church. I'm talking about a man and woman that lives, breathes, and eats Jesus Christ every day. He's your bread. He's your butter. He is everything. That, that is what salvation truly is. We have distorted it, and the South is so confused, and there's a thousands of people that are going to bust hell wide open going to church every Sunday because they don't have that relationship. And why would God let you go to heaven when you, when you refuse to be reconciled to God? What you're saying is this religion is enough. He's singing these songs and just coming through this is enough. And he didn't die. He didn't send Jesus to do that. He sent Jesus so you could have that relationship with him. My Lord, please get off your butt and give, and give your life to him. then you would truly find fulfillment. You would truly find that peace you're looking for. So today, before we go any further, I just want to get an opportunity. If you've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never truly surrendered, just raise your hand so we can just we can pray with you and when we can celebrate. I might even cut a backflip. Through Christ. Anybody, anybody want to give their life to Jesus? say something that's going, to, that's going to hurt that means that's, that means that it's just us offended unforgiving Christians sitting here 
that's allowing the enemy to control us and not be the people he's called us to be to love. And only you know that. Only you know the hurt in God. Only you know the pain that's in your heart. And some of you, when I, mentioned, when I started mentioning that, you started getting angry inside because you did not want to let that go because you make it feel like, it makes you feel like that for you to forgive them, that means they got a getaway free pass. They didn't pay for their sins. Let me tell you, my God will pay them back. But right now is the time for you to get freedom. Freedom from yesterday, freedom from the hurt, freedom from the pain, and freedom to really experience the Holy Spirit like you never have before. So if God's dealing with your heart and you need to be reconciled to, maybe maybe there's somebody that there's some pain that you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to come to God and say, God, forgive me for holding on to this. That's what the altar's for. Maybe there's stuff in your life that you, you just can't forgive you for. Maybe you need to come and say, God, help me love me. God, give me the strength to help me love me. If you need special prayer, I'm here. Mr. Nick, Miss Joyce is here. Anybody wearing a blue shirt is here. Y'all, this, this, don't allow Satan to hold on to you anymore. Let go and let God, amen? That's what church is for, not a religious thing, but for us to come and praise God and be set free. The Bible says in the songs that we sing, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm a child of God. And I'm not going to be bound by nobody but the blood of Christ. And that's what you got to stand on. So if you will, stand with me. And you move as the Spirit is moving you to move. Father God, I come to you right now. Lord, I pray for the hearts of every man and woman in this room. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would break their hearts for holding on. God, I pray for those in this room that are hope, that have been hopeless, that feels like there'll never be relief, that I'll never be good enough. God, I pray that you would break the pride and God, they would just, God, they would open up to somebody. It ain't got to be up front. It can just be anybody. It could be their neighbor. God, the biggest thing here today is that Lord, we give ourselves to you recklessly and unashamed. Pour out your love, Lord, that you lavishly gave us at the cross. God, help us understand that you have come to reconcile us to you so we can have that vibrant relationship. God, I pray for the men and women here that don't have that relationship. They, they may read their Bible, they may pray, but they don't, they, they don't, they don't, they're not excited to talk to you or listen to you, God. I pray, Father, you would give them that just push this morning to say, you desire more, come, come get it. Come, come lay your burdens down. Come lay this sin down. God, there's so many things that are holding people back this morning. And God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would set them free from their own selves today. God moving us. God, we ask you to change us. And God, we ask you to do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name, I pray.